Hi, I'm Matt Sprague, host of the Connected Construction Show, and I have a special announcement for our audience. This November 7th through the 9th, Trimble is hosting their Dimensions User Conference at the Venetian in Las Vegas, and they've just given us two tickets valued at over $1,700 each to give away to our audience. So how can you win? Simply share your favorite episode on any social media platform using the hashtag ccshow underscore favorite and include why that's your favorite episode and you'll be eligible to win. The shared post with the most amount of likes will win two free tickets to Dimension 2022. Five runners up will receive a special Connected Construction Show t-shirt and sticker. So get out there and share your favorite episode before October 21st. We will announce the winner live on the show Tuesday, October 25th. Again, share your favorite episode on any social media platform using the hashtag ccshow underscore favorite and include why that's your favorite episode before October 21st in order to have a chance to win the two tickets to Dimensions in Las Vegas. Good luck and stay connected. From Trimble Construction, you're listening to The Connected Construction Show, where we connect you to the contractors, owners, designers, engineers, and construction professionals who are finding better ways to work. And now... Here's your host, Matt Sprague. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Connected Construction Show. I am your host, Matt Sprague. Very excited to have everybody here uh, listening to us, watching us. Uh, Very excited, uh, equally excited to have our guest this week, Mustafa Elashmawi, who is the Senior GIS and BIM Manager for WSP. Mustafa, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here with you. Thank you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what's your background, what you do at WSP, what your passions are uh, in construction or even outside of construction? Okay. So basically, I'm a civil engineer, graduated 10 years ago from Alexandria University in Egypt. Um, I somehow quit the civil engineering work recently, focusing only on BEM. However, I started my passion with BEM, GIS, and digital solutions for construction back when I was at uh, college. At that time, I started learning uh, mainly through online resources till I started working in um, several uh, roles related to BIM and uh, GIS. Um, I worked at the side of production where I had to produce BIM models. I have to um, do the coordination, 4D, 5D, all the kind of production things of um, BIM. And then when I joined WSP, I moved to the project management side of things where we are, um, I'm part of uh, a project management services department where we uh, help our clients in managing their projects from concept to handover and sometimes with the later stages also. Um, me personally currently is looking after the digital deliverables, uh, including BIM and GIS. So what? What? Uh, where in the world are you? 
Um, I'm calling you now from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I have lived here for around nine years now. Uh, I'm Egyptian, but living in Saudi Arabia. Um, in the Middle East, I'm think, um, I think things are a bit different from, uh, from your side, especially for the time difference. <laughs> and uh, I think um, um, the Middle East in, in general have um, a common nature where being here in Saudi Arabia give me some accessibility to other countries in the Middle East also where I find lots of similarities in, um, in digital side. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's dive into it. So we we had a uh, a pre-show workshop, if you will, where we chatted and we talked about, you know, hey, what do, what do we want to talk about? And you were talking about this idea of um, construction as a product. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And and really do me a favor. Um, start with the basics. Uh, kind of idiot-proof this conversation for me, anyway, um, and then we can kind of dive into the details. Okay, so um, generally, when we look at uh, fabrication and uh, in industries that involves uh, the factory uh, work, where um, products uh, are actually things that are done in a controlled environment, uh, we we find that they are way more advanced in uh, controlling the products. While in construction side, when we work on site, it's very hard to control aspects like quality, like, uh, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, safety, uh, and among other aspects. So while I like the concept of uh, having construction as products uh, is because being able to fabricate most of what we will construct in controlled places like factories, um, precast elements, for example, is giving us um, the ability to better control the time, the uh, the, the cost, the waste, the um, even we can enhance materials, make uh, lots of development to the ways we are producing our our work. So this takes us to. Um, things that's already happening nowadays, uh, which, as I mentioned, precast uh, elements or even steel products, where you you have uh, the the site is only like um, an assembly project where you have everything uh, that's um, already done in in um, the factory and then uh, transported to site and then it's erected. So this concept can be developed much more in the near future, and it's developing. This is um, including where we, we have an opportunity not only to precast um, a beam or a column or even a wall, but precast a full building or a full um, flat or a full uh, house where you, you, you have the ability to um, go your uh, factory choose the model that you 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 want to be your uh, future home, and then it's being fabricated and then transported, moved to to your house. This will give us also the opportunity not only to construct easily, but to um, demolish easily. Or in that in that case, it will be uh, just dismantling 
removing the the building or the flat or sometimes a room that we we no more want it uh, in the same way it is and uh, replace it by another unit that can be used um, based on our future needs so that's how i, I look at uh, construction as a product where you you have the freedom to to choose build in controlled environment and then to be able to do changes uh, as you as your lifestyle change so it sounds like it has a a um a really big sustainability implication as well yeah is that, is that accurate yeah it connects to how we should be building our buildings not only for uh these days or for our next uh 20 30 years uh, but but also for thinking for the future generations where we uh, we, we we design our buildings to sustain and live for hundreds of years where Whenever change happen, it can be done with a minimal demolition and minimal waste. Yeah, I would imagine it's also like the um, the embodied carbon would be a heck of a lot less in terms of like definitely the the the, the true like lifespan of the of the asset um, yeah. where it's it's modularized. Um, maybe you don't need to replace the entire piece of uh, the entire asset but like you said you can kind of swap things in and out which obviously would have a massive impact on that yeah exactly uh actually when when i first read about this concept uh, i just imagined how we were playing with lego uh, while we are kids and uh, how it it uh, triggers our imagi imaginations to the possibi possibilities that we can have in our buildings and how this can be changed. And uh, I'm not telling that it's super easy, but um, I think uh, if we thought um, and spent a lot of time designing how our building can change, it will be then easy to implement these changes in the future. Cool. Um, so we're we're big on 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 storytelling here and sharing kind of case studies. So I'd love to if you have like an example that WSP and that and that that you had been involved in. Tell us about a particular project that had been involved with that leveraged uh, a concept like that. Look, not not the full concept is implemented. Uh, there are some uh, cases um, not in the Middle East where WSP uh, implemented this uh, concept. However, I would speak about uh, a less um, complex example that I contributed in. But again, it was not with WSP. It was in my previous um, uh, possession where we were um, uh, building um, a warehouse for Riyadh Metro project. And on that project, uh, the concept was um, to have a steel uh, hanger, uh, but then we we um, recommended using concrete because uh, my company was uh, more uh, professional on that, and uh, it found it more economic to to use concrete. But when we uh, thought about it, we we, we thought about using precast concrete uh, so that we we don't. Um, um, 
let's say we we don't ruin the concept of the pre uh, construction of these elements and it was a huge challenge to to do what you are doing with the steel with concrete elements but we developed it um in in a very uh, controlled way where we designed um the the structural skeleton uh, fully as precast elements and um, we were doing it with support of uh, BEM where we made uh, several scenarios till we reached the proper structural system and defined the module the modules that will be used so uh, at the end during uh, or through the whole um, area we used around uh, ton, uh, 10 modules of structural elements only and uh, we were able to um, um, take changes through the construction when we, we, we have received some changes that um, led us to, to require to change some structural elements and uh, dismantling what we erected and replacing it with uh, new uh, design elements was super easy um, due to the implementation of the precast uh, concept. Um, this can be a bit simple uh, example, but it's exactly matching the, the same concept where the, the, the change of elements in, in the future was easy because we accounted for the stitching between elements to be in, in um, um, an easy way that can be changed whenever needed. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a, um, the concept of a, a, a fully uh, prefabricated modularized project yeah. is still uh, in its evolution. And, and it's, it's, it's about, um, figuring out all the different pieces of it individually and and then the the bigger picture is in at some point in the future is that we will have a maybe there's never going to be a 100 percent uh prefabricated building because there's gonna have to be something done on yeah. on site sure. uh we don't have big enough cranes to put a put a high rise just drop a high rise from a factory into a in, in, onto a <laughs> onto a foundation exactly. um, but it's the idea is that long term uh we'll be able to add more and more elements to it which would then just increase the efficiencies over uh, uh, you know of the entire project yeah absolutely i agree and um yeah i i think there are other obstacles here where um you can't force everybody to use uh, just repeated and pre-made uh, modules that's um, uh, more economic I th there is some um, projects that would require some innovative designs uh, that would need new maybe maybe modular also but new modules to be developed and um, um, sometimes the, uh, the the practicality of creating these modules would lead us to um, just doing it on site yeah and that become you know from from the owner's mm -hmm. perspective that's a that's a business decision right be like yeah, hey you exactly. can have this one that costs this much or if yeah. you want that special custom made <laughs> you know feature yeah. it'll just cost it'll just cost you more and so I guess it all it all depends on 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 the type of owner that you're dealing with in terms exactly. of uh, what 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 kind of makes them make some tick so to speak. Exactly. Cool. So um, 
WSP has um, this thing called uh, Future Ready. I think I've got that. Uh, yeah. I think that I have that correct. Correct. Um, WSP is kind of like global innovation program. Yeah. Uh, so like, like, tell us a little bit about that. And from your perspective, um, how do you see it adding value to the industry? Okay. Future Ready is, um, as you mentioned, an innovative program where WSP tries to design for the future. Uh, once we are onboarded in WSP, we learn that it's a strategic goal for WSP to get their uh, clients um, and their uh, projects accounting for the future. We try always to consider that our buildings will live or will live for hundreds of years. Uh, if if we can be uh, uh, a bit realistic, we can say at least 150 years, let's say. So we try to think about how will the communities be after 150 years. We try to, to see how um, what, what new utilities would be developed by then, what new uh, transportation systems would be developed by then, what new um, what kind of new habits the societies will have. So um, in WSB, we try to uh, take this into all our projects and communicate with our clients to, to um, get our ideas about this. We, um, we have our internal um, teams working on future ready, trying to analyze the future uh, trends where um, it classifies it based on four main pillars, the society, uh, the um, technology, um, climate, and uh, resources. Uh, under each of these pillars, we try to find how the future will be, and then try to implement new um, methods and procedures in, in nowadays designs to, to be ready for the future. So uh, this is, from my point of view, it's uh, it's how humanity used to work thousands of years ago when, for example, old uh, um, civilizations like uh, Egyptians and so were building buildings that that's living till today, and um, we we as humanity used to do this till maybe um, maybe um, hundreds or 200 years ago when we we felt that our resources will never uh, end we thought that we have plenty of resources so we started building without thinking about uh, how limited our resources will be but now with the challenges facing uh, the humanity it's important to account for these uh, kind of things especially with climate changes with the increased population of earth so th there should be somebody thinking for the future not for now oh that's really interesting <laughs> um so i'm gonna kind of change topic a little bit um so uh bim and bidding yeah. uh so so what's your vision for the future of the bidding process um I think it's it has it revolves around the expanded utilization of of BIM. So um, yeah. I think we are of, of very like minded individuals here. So I'm excited to to kind of hear hear your thoughts yeah. on this. Actually, this is one of the topics that I really like to to talk about because I feel that um, there is um, 
less um, awareness, low awareness of this topic in, in the industry. Uh, I see BEM in beddings from two perspectives or two, two main aspects. The first is um, how BEM can support beddings. That's the first aspect. And the second aspect is how BEM is treated in, in beddings, how BEM is requ requested from, from bidders uh, at bidding stages. And both topics or both aspects are very important to me. Um, during my during my work as a production, I try to make 3D models, uh, 3D BIM models uh, loaded with information at very early stages. When we, uh, as a company, received bidding requests, we uh, try to build our 3D model with all the information, material, uh, rates, everything, and try to prepare our bidding proposals based on this accurate information. Uh, when we implemented this aspect uh, at biddings, it gave us um, uh, superiority in, in uh, the bids that we took. Um, at the time when we started this, our bids were, were much higher than, um, than our bids after implementing this concept because before implementing this, there was uncertainty that needed us to um, uh, put extra um, margins to cover any unpredicted uh, situations or unpredicted um, details that we didn't account for. For example, um, um, what if we needed extra uh, steel supporters for MAB systems and so on. But when we started modeling, we understood where exactly would we need these uh, additional supports where we need uh, extra supports for uh, gypsum board walls and so on. So we went into details uh, of the design while we are still at bidding stage and that helped us to uh, get into better bids. And uh, implementing BIM at bidding stages uh, can be used by all teams, it can support the planning teams, it can support the uh, cost estimations teams, and uh, also uh, support the decision makers in, in the company. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the other aspect where uh, BIM as, as a requirement, BIM as a deliverable at bidding stages, we face um, um, a challenge when we try to implement BIM requirements in uh, in current biddings. So our clients tell us we need the, the consultants and contractors to deliver uh, their, their designs and their construction uh, drawings in BIM, but they don't specify anything more. So we try to um, raise awareness of um, our clients on the importance of, of having information requirements at bidding stage. And my vision on this is as equal to, uh, or it's, it's exactly uh, the vision of ISO 19650, the international standard. Um, the international standard ISO 19650 specifies certain steps that any client should go through to uh, set up his BIM requirements and information requirements in general. Uh, 
so we we try to work with our clients to start very early by specifying their BIM objectives and BIM goals. Why do they need BIM and what part of BIM is more important for them? Uh, are they concerned uh, about um, site coordination? Are they concerned about design coordination? Are they are they concerned about um, cost or time planning or in some cases, our clients would give a lump sum project to 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 bidders. So maybe they are not interested to so to see um, the the interim submissions. Maybe sometimes they they are only concerned about the handover model, the as built model, or the asset information model. So it's very important for the clients to decide what exactly they need from them and why they need it, and then start uh, specifying uh, how it can be delivered, um, what is the level of uh, information need for each deliverable. For example, if they need um, a submission at design stage, they, they need to specify exactly what need to be in this submission. Do they need the models to be used for visualization or not? Do they need uh, to include cost um, information in these design models or not so it's a huge challenge and um, unfortunately we faced many cases where um, the misconception of BIM um, just using the word BIM without detailing what's exactly needed uh, caused uh, lots of waste in time and cost um, I can say lots of examples if you if if we have time for that. But the 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 most um, uh, funny example that that I um, faced was when uh, we were requested at by by some client to um, uh, develop an LOD 400 model, and um, uh, they they requested to model the reinforcement inside this um, uh, in the, inside these um, elements and the, the reinforcements would make these models very heavy it was a bridge and um, it, it had uh, um, a huge amount of uh, reinforcement bars and uh, couplers and huge system inside uh, but then when we um, negotiated with with a client um, he we, we reached um, a decision where the client said uh, i don't care really so the bem manager from the client requested this reinforcement to to be done but to be done in bem but the client as construction managers as site managers they didn't care about this so um, it was important at this case that the bem requirements not only to be available, but also to be communicated uh, across all the, the teams of the client so that everybody can have the same understanding of these requirements and agree that, yes, that's what we need to be delivered. So I think that's yeah, totally a um, when it comes to BIM, I think in general, um, you know, the, the bidding process, it's, it's interesting to start to think about that because a lot of times it's it's it people purely just, you know, BIM. Uh, design collaboration, 
like you know mm-hmm. making sure that we're we're all working off of 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 the same uh same design but it really is it's it is a um it's not just a design collaboration it's the entire project life cycle collaboration vehicle yeah. that can be leveraged in so many different areas uh so whether it's bidding i mean what is there there are technological um uh, uh limitations when it comes to, to, to utilizing BIM for bidding is that I'm, I'm not, I'm by no means an expert, but I don't believe that there are bidding tools that are connected to BIM tools. Uh, so it would be like, you know, I'm sure there are integrations and you can bring things in and whatnot, but wouldn't it be interesting that if, if it was, if the, that design collaboration was just in the same area where um, uh, you know uh, all of the contractor subcontractors can come in to 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 manage their bids off of that that design. Yeah, I agree. And there are some tools that maybe are not mature enough at the moment, but they are working on this concept where um, BIM models uh, or, and the elements inside these BIM models can be linked with. Um, uh, many items in in the in the bidding process like for example uh, what specification is needed for these elements what um, what vendors are available for these uh, elements and so on so embedding this information in the BIM model and then linking it with uh, uh, other uh, let's say platforms that can be used for for bidding so there are some tools it's not uh, 100% um, perfect but uh, people are working on this yeah cool so i wanted to make sure we're, we're believe it or not we're running out of time for this episode um but i want to make sure that i had an opportunity to uh for or rather you had an opportunity to maybe plug um so you're going to be presenting uh, at Autodesk University in September, yeah. um, and I believe, unless your your session has changed, is is Microsoft Power BI to maximize BIM and GIS integration. Yeah. So you want to, without giving away everything that everybody needs to to, to attend to, to listen to you here, can you tell us a bit more about the session and the the concepts yeah. that you that you're looking to cover? Sure. So the concept um, is about how we can get people without any BIM or GIS experience to navigate through and get the information and um, link it with their daily um, needed uh, requests and information. So it all started when I joined WSB and started supporting uh, the, the clients on project management side. And at that time, I realized that um, not everybody is BIM expert. Not everybody um, can uh, have um, access to the GIS software. And if they have the access, they will not be able to uh, get the information they need from it. And no matter uh, the training that you do, because sometimes it's an extra load for them. People have other duties and other tasks. So um, I started developing some dashboards that, uh, that's linking GIS layers with uh, the daily progress information, with um, cost information, 
with some other topics related to the the specific project that I'm working on related to heritage and culture, related to construction permits. So I started linking these GIS layers with this information on a Power BI dashboard and made it available on SharePoint. On, on, on the other hand, I also worked on linking the uh, BEM models from BEM 360 to um, to Power BI and to the same information and other information also related to coordination, clash detections, and so using other software uh, or a plugin called VCAD. So um, by providing this, I made an easy access to the people that uh, don't have time to learn deeply about BIM and GIS to be able to get the information from it. So um, that helped me in developing the concept of <laughs> don't be the the source of truth. You you need to to get <laughs> every people um, uh, easy access to the single source of truth without being the single source of truth. Because um, <laughs> when you are the only BIM manager in a team, for example, of uh, 60 people, you will get tons of requests about information buried inside the BIM models. And you, instead of responding to all these requests, you need to get this information to uh, the team where they can access it easily. Awesome. So uh, any of our, our listeners, again, if you're, if you're attending Autodesk University, the session is mm -hmm. Microsoft BI and Mac, uh, to maximize BI, uh, oh, goodness, I'm tongue tied here, to maximize BIM and GIS uh, integration. So be sure to check that out, uh, put it on your calendar as a, as a, as a must see. So we're actually at our final question. So Mustafa, um, we ask every single guest, um, what is a motto that they live by, or if you don't live by a motto, that's okay. Uh, what's a motto that you have heard that you find interesting? Yeah, actually, it was uh, the first statement that I read in, in a course that I took uh, for information management. It was by BRE, and it was um, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So, this is a famous quote maybe by um, George Santiana. I think there are many authors that claim that they have this quote, but I find it very related to my daily work because sometimes we think that we are uh, the best innovators and we can develop everything from scratch. But um, looking uh, for lessons learned and trying to to learn from the history of uh, our colleagues and our peers will help us a lot to save lots of time, lots of effort. Uh, we, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. We need to learn from, from the shared experience um, from um, all the experts in the industry to try to to build on this uh, history and lessons learned so that we can reach the best. I love it. And that's basically the, the spirit of this show, right? Yeah. Is, is to, is hopefully listeners and watchers are, are tuning in on a weekly basis to, to learn from others, right? To get perspectives on topic, maybe it's new topics, but topics maybe they're involved in uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's good just to hear uh, a, a diverse 
uh, uh, opinion on, on certain things. So that's a great one. Uh, thank you so much for sharing it. Thank and uh, Mustafa El Ashmawi, thank you so much for, for, for joining us. Um, I know our listeners are, are, are thankful as well. Um, and uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, until next time, stay connected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Construction Show. For more information, visit us at connectedconstructionshow.com.